0: This is Wandering Wanders, two ordinary guys
1: wondering about extraordinary things.
0: <laughs> They're super comfortable. I That's, really that.
1: That's what I've heard. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Are you cold? Because you're in like a winter outfit here. Like you look like you just got back from skiing. I'm
1: pretty much cold always. At least up here So this is Oh my God! This is the dead of winter You need to move It's 51 degrees outside We're basically dying I literally was outside (laughs) With
0: a t-shirt early And was like It's so nice out So I was
1: on my way To Tell City And I walked outside And I was like (laughs) 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 I don't know if I'll be able To make it I can't wait to get in my car (laughs) Oh no
0: Oh I don't know how you survived the winter And we're back Lots of of jackets You do You do have a lot of jackets we're back. This is Wondering Wanders. I'm Eli Ando. And I'm Joseph Schultz, and we are here to uh, wonder and to wander. So,
1: los dos, los dos.
0: Uh, we thought about doing tonight's entire episode in Spanish.
1: It would be um, a three-minute episode. It would be a three-minute episode best.
0: because Joseph speaks a decent amount of not very much Spanish, and true. <laughs> I speak almost not.
1: He understands pretty well, though.
0: No, see, uh, I may seem like I understand well, but pretty much if it gets beyond the super basic, I'm just grasping for straws. So tonight, instead, uh, we're going to just do it in English. So oh, sorry for all you Spanish God. listeners, uh, but <laughs> for all you
1: English speakers, congratulations! <laughs> You're, you, get, you get what you want. You're back to the normal podcast. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> and since we've gotten that out of the way, let's start with a question. As as uh, actually, you know what? Um, we made Kansas City last week. We did big yes. deal. Mm. That's cool. Um, a, uh, congratulations, Joseph. You're mm. engaged to the church.
1: Congratulations Thank
0: you. To you I will accept that. Thank you, everybody, for your congratulations. Mom, I know you'll listen to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, really, this is just yeah, a thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, yes. Um, but anyways, just that's super cool. We're engaged to the church. Awesome. But, uh, <laughs> so my question, <laughs> question for this week is, if you could you had all the skills to do it, you could compete in any Olympic event, what
1: would it be? Any Olympic event. Long jump skiing.
0: Really? Yeah. Really? That looks yeah. so
1: terrifying to me. It looks absolute. But you said I would have all the skills. You so would have the skills. I'm assuming that... that as the, see, I think that's the closest man can get to flying without actually fly. You're literally falling with styles. It's the classic plus light
0: year. (laughs) It's true. It's insane. As a skier, an avid skier myself, I've gotten a solid, like, three feet of air and felt like I was going to die. So I have no idea how they just, like, get the courage to be like, yeah, let me just shoot down this, ramp here. I'm just going to launch 70 <laughs> miles an hour
1: down this hill.
0: Insane. That is one of the craziest Olympic sports, I think. So I can commend yes. you for that.
1: The other option was Olympic speedwalking, but I feel like my <laughs> hips would just turn into like salt shaker grinders, and you would just grind <laughs> away like all of your hip bones.
0: You probably would. That's a dangerous
1: sport. The only reason I would want to compete in that would be for the sheer ridiculousness that, of saying I'm an Olympic speedwalker. I'm pretty
0: sure that's the only reason anyone competes
1: in that. I think people are serious about it. Someday, some Olympic speedwalker is going to listen to this. Probably not, but be <laughs> they're gonna be pissed. The, they know. This is the life they've <laughs> they, chosen. They do. <laughs> this this, this they is the life Oh
0: gosh, yes. Oh, what about you? For me, uh it would probably be Olympic uh beach volleyball.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: Love, so I grew up playing a lot of volleyball. Never got very good at it. But we had a volleyball court, well, we had a volleyball net on our lawn uh, growing up. Okay. And Similar in, to a in, beach. Yeah. In the in the summers, in, uh, when I was in high school, I think, we would play volleyball every night. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. So uh, I would love to do that. And like watching Olympic volleyball is one of my favorite things to watch also. It's so
1: intense. Uh, yes. Gosh. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'd go with beach volleyball, I
1: think. Wow, I can dig that. I can dig that. I think volleyball is a lot of fun to watch. It's actually really a lot of fun to play. It's it's not. I don't think it's too hard to get into playing, but it's very hard to be good at
0: it. It's that's true. So, like you yeah. think you're all right, and then you play against someone who's really good, and you're like. Really? <laughs> I'm trash. (laughs) Well,
1: I I don't even know how to play
0: this game. (laughs) I don't even have arms. Yeah, I just get excited when I get it over the net, Mm -hmm. really. And I'm all right with that level of of skill, honestly. I'll be excited with that all day, every day. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let's uh, get into it with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Spirit... We come to you, we ask you to bless this podcast, fill our minds and our hearts with you and with your love, and help us to see reality as it is. We ask all this through the perfect prayer uh, of our Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to start out, and uh, I mean, I know I already asked you one question, but I am very genuinely interested in your answer to this next question because our personalities you are... You weren't
1: interested in my...
0: Not opinion. genuinely. Yeah, no. Okay, no, no, I was, but uh, this <laughs> but, one, like, really... I've been thinking about this, I, like, thinking about this topic. So it came up with candidacy. We we committed to, uh, per, to really, uh, you know... What is, what is the word I'm looking for to? We resolved to finish formation and become priests, pretty much. We said, yep, I'm going to do this.
1: It's, it's um, the transition from discerning to preparing. Exactly. It's the...
0: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's a big deal. Um, and so I was thinking about it and thinking about this podcast and what I want to talk about. I decided I don't want to talk about commitment because, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's really what we're doing. And then I started thinking about, you know, I was like... know what i've been terrified of commitment my whole life joseph is super different are you afraid of commitment not at all really so like big deal commitments you're like yeah
1: i'm doing yeah yes yeah because i don't really know i think commitments are really grounding they have to be right they're they're really grounding And so without that, I think I would just kind of float in this infinite indecision, and I don't know. I think I would feel really worthless without commitment.
0: Really? Yeah. And you've always felt this way?
1: Wow, that's a question. Um,
0: Well, I mean, like, you know, you weren't always super Catholic and in seminary. I mean, I feel very differently about commitment now, but...
1: Uh, No, I mean, I've always had a, yeah, I've always had a desire to, for commitment. Yeah.
0: Really? See, uh, that I have, I'm realizing this week, I've always assumed that everyone, especially men, in my mind, are afraid of commitment. Just like pretty much doing whatever they can to avoid it. Yeah. Because that's the way I've been. I, like, I grew up terrified of commitment Uh, and not... You know, I I don't think it's necessarily like you know my parents. I was just, I was afraid that I would end up like them or anything. Like I, I love my parents, and honestly, I'd be happy to end up like them. But uh, for me, it was just always this sense of like, huh? But what if I change my mind?
1: See, hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see where ooh we'll see where this takes us.
0: <laughs> Microphone to the eye. <laughs> to the eye.
1: So I I think. I've always looked forward to commitment because for me, commitment is a sign of the transition from childishness into adulthood. Mm. So when I was like a teenager, I always thought I was older than I was. And I was that, I was that kid right? Yeah, that wanted yeah. to like be where I wasn't. Mm. And um, yeah. And so I saw like every aspect of my life where life sort of, started to become, like, interesting or real or important or I was, like, doing something, the marker for that would be commitment of some sort. Really? Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's very different than me. Like, when I was, uh, I mean, maybe not so much in high school. I was definitely, I was terrified of commitment in high school. I remember in high school thinking, I am going to join the military. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. That's what I feel passionate about. And then thinking, wait, but you have to join for like five years minimum. That's a long time. I don't think I can commit to that. It was like these things that I'm like, I'm passionate about this. I love this. I want to do this. I want to help people. And I still wasn't willing to commit.
1: What about choosing a degree?
0: Oh, talk about lack of commitment there. I So... I mean, that's just the whole story in and of itself pretty much. I was like, I want to be a mechanical engineer because I think that would be cool. I could design stuff and, you know, I want to build things and that'll be fun. And so I like applied to schools for mechanical engineering and got accepted. And then was like, wait a second. I hate math. It's like all a mechanical engineer does. Well, guess I can't do that. Like that's gone. Didn't matter that I I really, you know, I think I would have loved a lot of mechanical engineering things uh but I was like, oh, there's this one thing I don't like, <laughs> never mind uh, and then I was like, well I guess I'll just like, not go to college and become like an electrician because then you can make a lot of money and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh but what I kinda want to go to college. What if I want to do something later? And then I decided I wanted to be a hunting guide in Montana. So I needed a uh a, very like a light, something yeah. that I could make money doing in the off seasons. Uh and so uh I was like I just need a job, I can make money. And then I found out about X-ray school and I was like, no, definitely that sounds lame. I don't want to take X rays. And then I went and visited. I was like, oh, I can see myself doing that for for a while in the off season when I'm not X ray or when I'm not hunting guiding. So I decided to go to X ray school. Like a month into X ray school, I was like, I don't want to do this. So wow. <laughs> yeah. I uh, was all over mm. the place. I I am very. I'm a millennial. You know, I'm living up to it. I, yeah, afraid of commitment.
1: So why, or I guess what changed? Are you still afraid of commitment?
0: I was. Having, I,
1: having now made a commitment? I would, a big I
0: commitment would honestly say this is the first time in my life I haven't been scared of commitment. I, and, you know, I've been, the, the times before that I haven't been scared of commitment is when I thought of marriage. I was like, yes, I want to be committed to one woman. But in those times I couldn't pick a woman.
1: <laughs> not yeah. that
0: I had to, you know, but like I like when I was in college, there was times where I didn't ask girls on a date because I thought, well, maybe I could ask that girl or that girl or that girl on a date. You know, like so I don't want to commit to one because then uh-huh. it ruins my options with other girls. Um not that I actually had that many <laughs> options, but in my mind I, I was killing it. Yeah. Um so yeah. Candidacy is the biggest commitment I've ever made in my life to say, yes, I am dying to myself. I am laying down my life to pursue the priesthood, to love the church, to get up every day and not decide what I, I wear for clothes, but to put on black, which represents death to to self, mm-hmm. and say, I'm pouring my life out for something. It's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's so freeing. Yeah, and I, I think I always, yeah, I, I, I didn't expect that. I've been, in, I can honestly say, I've been in the in seminary for the past two and a half years, afraid of commitment, and thinking like, "Whoa, do I really want to be here? What about getting married? That seems awesome." Yeah. But once I really realized this is where God's calling me, and committed to it, that was a commitment or not commitment. Candidacy was probably the best experience of my life so far. Because wow. I've never done anything like that. Wow. I've always had held something back. I've always said yes, but I'll go to seminary, but I might just turn out. Yeah, I'll you know I'll become an X-ray tech, but I want to do something else. I'll become a missionary, but it's only for two years. Candidacy was I'm giving myself to the church. Incredible.
1: Hmm. So, what do you think prepared you to actually be able to do that then? like the, if there, if if there's clearly not not practice I guess I guess have would you say you've practiced commitment up to this point
0: yes i would say mostly in relationships with people
1: hmm. mm-hmm.
0: um realizing that i don't want what, with relationships i don't want what i wanted with life or what i thought i wanted with life i don't want constant options i don't want constantly different with relationships, I want commitment. I want people that are always going to be there for me. I want people that I know and that know me, hmm. and that is freeing. So in that sense, it prepared me. But as far as candidacy, this big life choice, and, you know, it's not ordination. You know, I I can still leave, but it really is a a, a firm resolve to do this. It's yeah. saying, I, as far as I know, this is what I'm called to, and I'm going to do this, Uh. It was a real struggle for the past two years. And I can see it looking back of Jesus just kind of tugging on little parts of my heart and saying, I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not like a child, like, I want that, I want that. But like, you know, I want, I want everything, but like, let's go one part of the time. Yeah. It's so like giving up, like you know, being far away from my family and I had to to realize once I'm a priest, I'm not going to be able to spend as much time with my family as I am when I'm home for Christmas break and stuff. And having to give that up and realize that there's life there. to Because God is satisfying these parts of my heart that I was holding back because I was afraid because I didn't think he would be able to. But he will only do it once I give them to him. He's not forceful about it. He tugs and he's like, here, take this. You know, I've, to come to seminary, it was like, yeah, give up this idea of your uh, your romantic life with a woman. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> no. And then slowly he was like, he, just easing it out. Like, you know, come, come on, come on, here we go. Okay, good. And now, like, I'm able to love in a different way, in a better way, I would say, because I gave that to God and he really breathed life into that. And then it was my family, and then it was like you know, options of like you could change your mind, you could get out of here. These parts of my heart that God has slowly just been pulling to where like candidacy for me was a big moment of like, all right, here's all these things that I that I really have kind of given you, but let me give them to you now all at once, God, because um, it right up to the last moment, you know, when after our last podcast, me and you just had a really good talk about like pretty much the sacrifices of priesthood that I didn't want to make. Mm-hmm. And that last week, God was just really kind of pulling on those things. And yeah, so much grace there. Really, I can't take credit for it. It was me resisting until I finally gave in to grace. And God was like, oh, here's life that you didn't even know you didn't have. Mm. So, Yeah. <laughs> Very solid answer. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. So do you feel like you really had to prepare for the commitment of Kansas here? were you like, yeah, I'm ready for this. Been ready for this. I'm already in
1: seminary. Um no, I don't I don't think I really had to prepare very much for it. I think there <laughs> was I think there was kind of the transition of okay, this is happening. Cool, this is happening. Um, and that was kind of the, yeah, I mean, cause like it was, it was like, well, I'm here. I don't feel like God is calling me anywhere else. This is what the church wants for me and wants for my discernment and for the formation of my soul. (laughs) Um, so if I'm like in this, then like, this is what I'm doing. And if I'm not okay with this, then I need to pack up and get out. Is yeah. is really the and I I felt ready enough to say present, you know? Mm. Um so yeah, I didn't think it was I didn't think there was very much to prepare for. For myself at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. So then I wanna ask <clears throat> you. Because, you know, we have very different feelings and histories with this. so what makes it's, an a, interesting it's a podcast. Hu- yeah, <laughs> I like this. Um, but so uh, it is a huge failure of people of our generation to not be able to commit. Yeah. It's like a, a tr- trademark of our generation to not commit to really anything. You don't commit to like hanging out on Friday because on Thursday you might figure out there's something better, you know? Mm -hmm. So why do you as a person who's not been afraid of commitment think that so many people are so afraid of commitment? What is it that they fear?
1: They're afraid of missing out. That's, that's really what it is. Like FOMO is a real thing. Like we've just given it a new name, right? Mm. Um, Father Jonathan once told me that, yeah, he was, he was talking about like saying that he thinks sometimes people look at life as though at the end of life, they'll, they'll die and they'll, they'll get this receipt (laughs) and, and they'll kind of tally up all the things that they did in life and they'll be able to look at the person next to them. And see their receipt <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and be able to look at their receipt and feel like they missed out hmm. um, to compare, yeah, their experiences, their life um, in a way that's kind of jealous. Hmm. And... Yeah. I think that's very real. Like with, with the amount of options that we have available, the freedom Mm. of option that we have, there's so many good things to do. There's a fear that I'll choose the wrong good. Like, I I think, I think it's pretty easy for people to say, oh, I want to do this good thing over this bad thing. Yeah, But to do one good thing versus another good thing and to be able to adequately determine which one's actually better, like, that's a really hard thing to figure out. Mm. Um, Yeah, and so I I don't think, I think people's responses are, I can't lose if I don't play. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and it becomes this
0: crippling indecision. Yep. Never really doing anything because you're afraid of, not doing something. Absolutely. Hmm. So I I was going to say, I think you kind of answered it. Uh, but I was going to ask you, why do you think that this is something so prevalent for our generation for this time? But I think you kind of said it with the options. We have so many options with things.
1: I mean, we have truly an incredible amount of option in our life Mm. in terms of like you could live literally anywhere in the world. You could work literally anywhere in the world. You could even, like, work somewhere in the world and work on the opposite side of the world at the same time, which is crazy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, the amount of social mobility, the amount of economic mobility, like, you can... the, The true sense of the world is your oyster and the, like, commercial sense, I guess, is it's here. Like, (laughs) that's real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so if you're afraid of like, I'm not going to have enough as, as many friends or be as social as I want to be, or I'm not going to make as much money as I think I could, or I won't be as successful as if I choose a over B or. Mm, Yeah.
0: I won't have as much fun,
1: but now it's not a or B it's a through Z and then repeated. You know, it's not just one or two options. It's, 300 yeah yeah i remember somebody impressive uh
0: one of your dps like no dbs dp the other day uh he was telling me he walked into a gas station with a priest that was a formatter at their seminary and they were like buying candy or something they were on the way to retreat so it was like a couple seminarians and this priest and they were standing in the candy aisle and they were all like looking and the priest just said wow Choices do not make you more free. Yep. <laughs> like, like ha, look at all of these choices. Agonizing. And yeah. it really is. It becomes crippling. i just like, well, what do I do? Uh, do it, and I think that that's where so many people find themselves today. Uh, you know, like, well, I, I don't want to marry this person that I'm dating because, well, what if somebody else comes along? I don't want to really commit to this job because what if something better happens? What if I can be happier doing something else? Like all of these choices that at least we think we have uh, have just become so crippling.
1: But the scary thing is that the thought is if I put limits on those choices that at some point I'm going to encounter a place where I'm no longer able to choose something that I would have actually preferred. Right. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's why they're afraid of commitment. So if they pick a road, then they'll make the wrong choice. Yeah. Or they could make the wrong choice. Yep. So they don't pick a road at all.
1: Yeah, so to use the gas station example, it's like you show up at a gas station and there's only one candy bar there. And so you're like, well, I guess I could buy this now because I want a candy bar. Or maybe we'll find another gas station now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's like... Well, if you buy the candy bar now and then you go to another gas station and there's 50 candy bars, you know, you're like, "Oh no, what have I done?" You know? <laughs> no. um, and so no, it's well. it's that fear that you'll get later down the road and that your choice actually wasn't mm, good mm. enough, you know.
0: Or... Yeah. And that's yeah, that's uh, I think that's people are grasping at freedom. Just like, "I want to be free." It's not a real freedom, but it's an idea of freedom. It's like I'm free to choose, therefore I am free. I can choose whatever I want. But, like, really, that's a prison that just falls down around you, and you have no real options if you never pick something. So why, I'm assuming you would say commitment is a good thing.
1: Generally, yeah.
0: Generally, yeah. yep. So what... It why is commit no why is not committing of our generation such a bad thing? What is good about commitment that makes it a virtue that we lack?
1: Could I get that question one more time?
0: Why is there a benefit to picking that one road over trying a couple different roads a little bit of ways and spending a lot of years? You know.
1: Because I think it allows you to shape your life around a decision. Mm. Um, Yeah, to, to be constantly open to all the options means that you can't close, like, you can't grasp at anything. Yeah. You can't, like, pull anything tight. You can't hold anything close to you. Yeah. Because to hold something close to you is to reject other things like that's Mm. just that's the way choice works yeah to choose one thing is to reject everything else Mm. so i mean it's the i've had i guess celibacy kind of put in that context before saying that like marriage really isn't that different from celibacy the only difference is one woman yeah um because with marriage, right, like to choose one woman is to choose not every other woman in the world or every other man, you know, like whatever yeah, the, yeah, um yeah, i mean i th- I think commitment allows you to really form yourself, form your decisions, form your life around an ideal, an idea, and to to live in that, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, for me, the big thing with commitment is the idea of, of self-gift. You know, JP2 yeah. says, man only finds himself through a sincere gift of self. Mm-hmm. And I found that just so true in my life. Uh, that, you know, when you commit to something, you are free to give yourself to it. When you're not willing to commit to a relationship, when you're not willing to commit to a choice, or, or you know, like what's going on, then you are not able to give yourself to it. Mm-hmm. And in that, you lose yourself. You lose your ability to be yourself. You lose your ability to be human. And I think we see that in our a constant dependency on, in a sense, virtual reality right now. People are not satisfied with reality. They, they live on social media, TV shows, movies, and video games, for the most part. And they work so that they can do those things. Yep. Um, and so... I think a real big part of—I mean, there's a lot of reasons that that go into that uh, that reason for them being unhappy with reality. But I think a huge part of it is we're made to give ourselves, and we live in a world that has become so selfish that says, "Well, if you never choose, you never have to worry about it. You never really have to give yourself something you don't want to." Uh, that it. Do you disagree with something you
1: made up? Sound like yeah. I do have a, to I have a question.
0: Okay, but um, so we're we're unsatisfied with not being able to give ourselves because we live less human. We're unable to love, and therefore we run from reality. Because you see what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So based on that, yeah, would we be able to say that commitment is the solution to the identity crisis?
0: Partially, yeah. I think that actually, that would be a huge step. Because I think in large part, the the identity crisis is, we don't know our dignity as beloved sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's kind of the end, but we have to get there somehow. And I honestly do think commitment by giving ourselves to something... Uh, but here's the thing, though. It has to be something good, you know. Yeah. You can commit to bad things. But even that, in a sense, you know, like at least you're giving yourself to something. And hopefully in that you realize, wait, this isn't good, you know. And then you find that, that you can commit to something greater than that. But, uh, yeah, we're, people are imprisoned in choices. And so I think that they're not necessarily free to know who they are without the freedom of choosing, of actually going a direction. It's like uh, that book, To Save a Thousand Souls, that's the every vocations director gives it to guys who are discerning priesthood. He talks about God can't move a parked car. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. go in a direction, and if you go the wrong direction, God will tell you to go somewhere else. But you have to go a direction. Yeah, And so I think that that, in a sense, we need that commitment to be free enough to accept that my identity is more than material things or what people think of me, that it eventually leads to God. But we're not going anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. We're just sitting in indifference. Yeah. And so I think that that has a lot to do with the identity, Chris. What do you think on that?
1: Um, yeah, as you were talking, it reminded me of John Mark's class, that mm. like, in terms of stage of stages of development... Right. Like your teenage and young adult years, you're trying to differentiate yourself and build this identity of who you are. Mm. Um, And you spend all this work like existential crisis, you know, like going into your friends at least once a week, like freaking out about who am I? What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Who are you? Are you even my friend? You know, like you spend all this time dealing with your emotions, with your desires, with your goals. And then by the time you figure out your identity, the only way to actually progress into the next step is to give that identity away. Mm, And I think the only way you give that identity away is, or at least the only way you give it away well is within... uh, a commitment yeah yeah absolutely
0: not to give it up but to 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 give make a gift of yourself
1: yeah yeah to 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 make a conscious willful gift of saying like i know who i am and i i take that and i give that to something mm. um It's very different than it it being taken from you or it being forced from you, or you see. And I think that's scary.
0: Like that would be super scary to me. Now I've got a much deeper understanding. But like high school me, would in a sense be terrified of that because I would think, well, then what do I have if I'm giving it away? Like I would, I would think of it as losing something. Yeah. But in the reality, when you get there, what you realize is, you know, you're giving yourself, but You're also gaining yourself. You're giving that away and gaining something more. Not something else, really. You're gaining something more. Like, now your identity includes gift.
1: So, this might take a different facet.
0: That's all right.
1: Um, So, what if... What if the fear of commitment isn't actually the fear that you'll choose poorly, but or choose poorly in the sense that you'll miss out on another choice, but rather that you're afraid that your choice won't actually last like forever. Right. <laughs> because I think, I think people want commitment naturally to be yeah. infinite. Yeah. Right. Like I want to give myself to this and I want it to be a perfect, like ad- it's permanent, there's no take-backsies, you know, like... Yeah, um, I, You know, I think of, you know, when you talk about marriage and kind of the secular context, it's always brought up with divorce statistics, right? Mm. And so if people are afraid of marriage right now, part of that fear, I'm sure, is, well, what if it ends in divorce? Like, what if I put in all this effort? What if Mm. I spend all this time? What if I have myself known and I make this commitment and it's not reciprocated or it falls apart or my commitment actually wasn't yeah i don't i don't think it's entirely a selfish uh what if something better comes along i think it's yeah. a what if commitment doesn't isn't as infinite as i desire it to be
0: yes i think you're absolutely right yeah. <laughs> i think just based on my own experience and what i know people yeah yep that that desire to have it be perfect, but knowing that it might not be, becomes just as crippling as something better could come along. Yeah. yeah. Because I think a lot of the time we think something better is not going to come along. You know? Like, this is as good as it gets, but what if as good as it gets isn't good enough? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah what if I give my whole life to the priesthood and I'm not fulfilled? You know? That's yeah. the... <laughs>
0: And you'll never know until you become a priest,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same with any vocation, yeah, right? like what yeah. if I give myself to this woman or this man, yeah, you know, yeah, and, it's, yeah. and, and it's... he's not, and I think that enough that, <laughs> and he's not enough,
0: and you know <laughs> or she's, I, yeah, I, mean, I think you have to go into it knowing, yes, they're not going to be enough, no if I give my life entirely to this person absolutely not, and I think that that honestly is what leads to a lot of. Like divorce and good Catholic relationships even is, you know, they both or one of them expect the other one to satisfy them. Yeah. They've spent their whole life thinking, once I get married, it'll all be great. It'll be this perfect love story. You know, we'll we'll have kids. We'll raise our kids. It'll be great. And then they find out that they're not perfectly satisfied by their spouse. Well, you're never going to be perfectly satisfied by any spouse because we're made for God, that's a good point yeah and uh and I think the same with priesthood, you know if it's the the fact that the things you do in priesthood are going to satisfy you, you're going to be disappointed, but if your priesthood yeah. is about love and relationship with God, and that's the center of it, then that's the only thing that is never ever going to let you down,
1: hmm.
0: and I think that yeah. You know, that's just, that's so important to understand with any commitment. Like, that's why we're so afraid of commitment. We've lost the foundation of something that will never let you down. We're, because if you have that foundation, it doesn't matter what lets you down, you'll still be all right. Yeah. You'll still have yeah. perfect love. But when you don't have that, well, then why wouldn't you live in fear? So, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Mm. So I really think it comes down to when it comes to commitment, like no commitment is going to be good enough if you're not first committed to Christ. Yeah. And then in that commitment to Christ, you're able to truly commit to, you know, like let's say marriage or priesthood, you know, like you're only truly able to completely give yourself to those things because you've given yourself to Christ. Because you know they're not going to completely be what fulfills you.
1: Yeah. It's fascinating that we desire perfect commitment, but can only live out imperfect commitment. But imperfect commitment is infinitely better than no commitment. Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: Wow. I like that last statement there. Infinitely better.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it acknowledges that there is some good, you know.
1: And, yeah, I think uh, that's good that what you're saying of like we're always going to fall short of mm-hmm. that commitment, mm-hmm. um, which is why Christ is so transforming or so transforming, mm-hmm. right? Because His commitment truly is the infinite, yeah, commitment,
0: and like it allows us. We can only make other commitments truly in that light, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. When we know the me- that they are measured commitments, we long for this yeah. infinite, but we know that they're measured, then we are able to give entirely that commitment as much as it can take. But there's always Christ there. Mm. That is further. Yeah, well, there you go.
1: <laughs> Solved all the world's problems right Absolutely. there. Absolutely, what
0: we really need is commitment and... We did a good bit of talking about ourselves in this one. I liked that. The yeah. beginning there especially. Yeah. It was nice. All right. Well, that's all we have for you for tonight, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, may all of your wonders be blessed.
1: God